How long have you been awake? I've been awake uh, for about 17 minutes. 17 minutes. Yes. Do you think do you think that this is maybe the smallest amount of time either of us have had of being awake before starting the show? Uh, probably. Cuz smallest I, we smallest or shortest. Shortest amount of time perhaps. Um, uh, thinnest. The thinnest amount this of time. This is the thinnest amount of time. The lithest amount of time. <laughs> it is gossamer thin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I've woken up right before we've done it, but I've had to actually get dressed and walk over to Studio A to do the right, show. Right. But this, I'm in Studio L, which is right. which is in my apartment. Yeah, it only takes you like twelve seconds to walk from bed to Studio L. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've just woken up because I have to go to work immediately following this uh, recording session. Wow, and I've already been awake for like eight hours. Yeah, it's amazing. That's crazy. So this episode's coming to you all a day late. That's unusual for us. We're usually uh, either timely or or we just completely abandon it. Right. But uh, here we are a day late. We are. I don't know why. I think it's because the World Series was going on and uh, that just consumed us entirely. It didn't really consume me. No, I didn't care about it one bit. Who won? I, I don't even know. Uh, the San Francisco Giants won. Of Anaheim. Right. Uh, you know what? I who, have... play, who plays? Who plays for the Giants? Mel Ott doesn't he play for the Giants? Mel Ott plays for them. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Orr. Yep. Bobby Orr for... definitely plays for, plays the, Giants. for the Giants. Isai number... Isai Morales. <laughs> I think so. I think plays, so. Yeah. Uh, shortstop. Yep. And uh, that golfer Aoki. Aoki plays... <laughs> Isao Aoki. Yeah, plays for. I think he's uh, he's, he's a, a pitcher. He's... Oh, he's a swing. Yeah, he's a swing. He swings the bat, or he just is a swing? He just a swing. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so, yeah, the Giants won the World Series uh, over the Texas Rangers of Anaheim, uh, and nobody cared. Uh, right. Nobody nobody did care. No, on Facebook this morning, our friend Amy Aranjakot Ronaldo announced how grateful she was that the baseball season is over. Why is she grateful? Uh, I, I think because she doesn't like Yankee fans. Something like that. I, I wasn't entirely sure. I find Yankee fans to be just as irritating uh, off the, during the offseason. Yeah, I, they are. Well, I do too, but, but Amy's in Chicago. What, is, what does she care about Yankee fans? Uh, I don't know. I don't either. It's quite a mystery. Uh, it is. It is uh, I, I don't know what, what, why she cares. I, I don't Does either. she live in, in, in Chicago? That's what I just said. I just said that she lives in Chicago. Did you? I did. Well, she does. Do you have me coming in through your headset? What's I that mean, now? You, yeah, the signal of my voice. It should be reaching somewhere the far reaches of your head. Uh, it is reaching the, the yes. Yeah? Indeed. Okay, well, uh, recently, in, in recent events, we've had both Halloween and Election Day, uh, and, and Ryan has only been awake now for 19 minutes. Yes, uh, I have voted. I did vote early this morning. That's fantastic. Did you vote in favor of uh, legalizing pot? That's the big one this year. Is, was that on the ballot? Well, in California it was. Oh, well, yeah. I am not in California. Oh, see, that'll that'll be that'll be trouble. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I didn't vote on any of the referendums because I did not flip my ballot over. How do you like that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I like it a whole lot. How about uh, how about you? Don't I you don't like it. I didn't realize the ballot was <laughs> needed to be flipped over. 
Yeah, well, I, you got to be a little more thorough about this sort of thing. I, I, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've only been awake for 19 minutes. How have you voted? Uh, well, they. I mean, I was up early this morning. Today is Tuesday. We're recording the show on Tuesday. How did you vote? I was up early this morning. Coming home from work? No, not coming home. I had to stay up all night in order so, to get... So up. you were up, and before going to bed... You voted. I voted. Weird. I voted at 6.30-something. My, oh, my God, that's strange. Pickles had to leave for work, and so yeah. she was going to vote, so I put my pants on and uh, accompanied her to the voting. Now, is are pants a requirement for voting? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. No? I don't think so. I ne- check. Next, time, next time, vote with your pants off and see, see if that works for you. All right. See see what you can do. I'll I'll vote my pants off. Nice. This is Fill Me In episode 123 being brought to you on Wednesday, November What was that noise? Oh, I knocked the mic. Oh, dear God. Wednesday, November 3rd, 2010. We are your friendly hosts, Ryan and Brian. I just thought I'd announce the show since we hadn't done that yet. Yeah, 123. Is that what you One- said? Yeah, 123, episode 123 uh, here on November the 3rd. Uh, coming up on... Wait, sorry. What do you call no. a number like that? That's one. Do you call that like a sequential I don't number? know. I, I call it an odd number. Well, it is an odd number. I call it a three-digit number. It's not sequential? I don't know. Mike Nothnagel, what kind of a number is 123? I feel like that should be called something. It should be called something. Mike, uh, we need to know. We need to know sooner than later. Try to be a little more timely with your uh, Oracle responses. Uh, Speaking of Mike, of course, coming up on the show today, we have the Oracle. We also have Errors and the iPhone. Ah. Three exciting segments, all beginning with vowels. Yes. Yes, and it's happening after we play for you our vowel-friendly theme music. It's called Ag on a Anchor. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. It's the all vowel show. This is the it all is. vowel show. It is. Uh, yeah. uh, Frank Longo would be uh, thrilled. Well, he would either be thrilled or completely dismayed. Why would he be dismayed? Well, because his crossword puzzle book is vowel-less. It's not well, all vowels. It's well, no we'll, vowels. We'll, it's the we'll, opposite. No, but we'll fit together like two peas in a pod. Oh, I see. So Frank Longo is one P and we're the other P? Mm-hmm. P is not a vowel. Uh, it can be. Okay. Why don't you open up the Ewer Yale bag? Ewer Mayo, opening it up. I think you got to read first. Oh, I do? Yeah, you're first today. Okay. I'll read first. Yeah. Our first viewer mail is from Joe Cabrera, Boston Ma, for now. Uh, number one. This is his, he is a, he is a, a, a numbered list. Yeah, it's a it's a four part list. Number one says the first Sondheim and U.S. cryptic. I don't get that. It's the first cryptic ever to appear in the U.S. I don't know. The first Sondheim and U.S. cryptic appeared in New York Magazine on April eighth, nineteen sixty eight. I recreated it in PDF form years ago, and if anyone wants to check it out, it can be downloaded here. Uh, and Here, directly from our show. Yes. 
Uh, I guess we'll put the 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 website. On, well, we'll, uh, we'll on, put a link up. It's a link to a PDF file. I understand. So, Stephen, what was that? What was what? What was that noise? What noise? It sounds like traffic. Well, there's an open window behind me, so maybe there's traffic. I see. Yeah, so so Joe Cabrera has recreated the Sondheim uh, cryptic crossword, and uh, we'll put the link up. You can download it and try it out. It is uh, it's difficult. So it's I definitely so, difficult. Still don't understand. The first cryptic ever to appear in the United States was written by Stephen Sondheim. Uh, that seems to be the case. That seems to be what Joe is saying. He's he, but he's kind of uh, implying it. It's that. Like, yeah, that's what he's saying, that the first Sondheim cryptic, which was also the first U.S. cryptic, the cryptic crosswords uh, started in England. I know, I understand, but I feel like that is bigger news than just something that you imply. I mean, this could be a whole bullet point in itself. Okay, so I, I don't know. Maybe This is news to me, I guess. Maybe Sondheim uh, brought the cryptic crossword form to America. Well, this is something that we have to get into. Well, this is pretty cool. We'll look into this. If anybody knows more about this, let us know. Write to us and tell us about it. Joe Cabrera, you can't just stick this little nugget of information in and not ex not explain, not expound. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Joe, explain yourself. Other yes. people, explain Joe. Number two, Joe says. Number two, it only takes one person to be aligned. If you get to a movie and there's a person in front of the theater, you'd ask, is this a line? So that's good enough for me. Okay. So only one person to be aligned. Interesting. Uh, I don't know that I agree. I really think you need three people to have it be a line. Well, what do you? What would you call one person outside a movie theater? One person. All right. Well, if 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 you're in, a, you're going to the movies with your wife, and your wife yeah. is going to the 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 uh, the the what do you call it? Oh my God! Come up with a word. The convenience store, not the convenience store. The concession stand. The concession stand, oh and she's God. going to. They purchase some squirms. Okay, and she those says, are her favorite candy. And she says, I'm going to go purchase some squirms. Can you please go uh, wait in line so we get good seats? Yeah. And then you go, and there's only one person there. Where, yep. do, you, where do you go? I wait behind that one person. And then if your wife comes back with her squirms and she says, have you, have you waited in line? What do you say? I would say, well, no, there's not really a line, but here I am. Problem solved. Yep, Number three. We well, now, we know Brian isn't a pot smoker since he never heard of a spliff. The jury's still out on Ryan. I uh, am not a pot smoker. I am also not a pot smoker, and I have not heard of a spliff. What is a spliff? I've heard of a spliff. because I've I'm... heard the word spliff, but I, I don't know what it is. Now, I'm guessing now it has something to do with pot. The The most interesting thing about this, uh, this bullet point to me is that the comma is outside of the quotation marks. There is not a comma at all. There's a semicolon outside of the quotation marks. Oh, it's a semicolon. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm going to change that to a comma. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, in that all case, right. I'm going to change it to a comma, and I'm going to put it inside the quotes. All right. Well, then I'm so wrong. So the comma is inside the quotes. I'm wrong again. Yep. Number four. I usually dress... I usually... Sorry. <laughs> Number four. I usually leave the house without looking in the mirror. By the way I dress most of the time, I will get that this surprises no one. What does this have to do with? Uh, you found it odd that people could have a house with no mirrors in it. And uh, I guess Joe Cabrera 
is able to take care of business without a mirror. Here's what I think. I think that if people knew what they looked like from the side, uh -huh. that no one would leave the house. Really? Yes. Okay. That's, that's my theory. People, Interesting. People don't realize what they look like from the side. People look much better from the front because everything is kind of on one, one plane. Okay. You look in a mirror at yourself from the front. You look thinner. You don't look like you have as many bumps. Interesting. And then if you look at yourself from the side, you think, oh, my God, I'm completely falling apart. Do you know you make almost no sense when you're not really awake? Fair enough. Okay. Our next viewer mail comes to us from the Reverend Genius Jeremy Horowitz of the Jets. This is regarding the word griddle. Griddle. We wondered about griddle. Uh, Jeremy says, uh, the Oxford English Dictionary's etymology for griddle seems to say that it's apparently adopted from the old French gredil, uh, which is masculine or the feminine gredil. Uh, I don't know. Ryan, how do you pronounce these words? You know French. Uh, it's uh, gradel. Uh, is that the masculine or the feminine? Oh, the, the feminine is gradilla. I see. Uh, and uh, this also seems to stem from uh, the, a, Norman, a Norman gradil apparently meeting gridiron. It is quoted by Moisey from documents of the 16th century uh, and something else, gradiler, to scorch, crisp at a fire. I, I can't really read what Jeremy has sent us. I think he cut and pasted from a dictionary, and uh, without the layout, it really doesn't make much sense, uh, sense at all. It seems like both the word griddle, it seems like griddle comes from the same roots as grill, mm -hmm. uh, and not so much grid, which our friend Adam suggested that waffles are cooked on grids, uh, but griddle seems to stem more from grill. Well, the main problem I have with this uh, email is that Moisey is full of crap. Well, that's probably true. I, I never trust anything Moisey says. Uh, Moisey is an idiot. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, but thank you, uh, yeah. Jeremy. Sounds fascinating. Yes. Now let's go on. Oh, yes. Our next viewer mail is from Ben Bass and Beyond. Right. Uh, he says, my half-written Pleasantville write-up will be fully written, but still half-baked and posted on my blog this weekend. And if that doesn't thrill you, nothing will. Well, nothing has thrilled me because he said this a week ago and his blog still possesses zero write-ups of the Pleasantville tournament. All right. So now, uh, instead of Ben Bass and Beyond, I'm calling him Ben Bass and Before. That sounds appropriate. Yes. That sounds good. Uh, we also have a secret bonus viewer mail that has nothing to do with the show. Yes. But uh, it was an email that Ryan received from his history professor. Yes. Uh, Ryan has a, has a very, very sweet love affection for his uh, history professor. <laughs> uh, Ryan uh, loves his history class and thinks his professor is a genius. Yes. Now, his professor has written him the following note. Note the following, that the product you submit should be properly checked to ensure no errors in spelling slash grammar. Such errors as starting names of people, countries, and places, towns with small letters instead of capital letters, are serious writing errors. It leads to loss of marks. Read through your sentences to avoid mistakes. Note that every assignment is a test and you need to apply appropriate writing rules. If you do not yet have textbook endeavor, having one to help you improve the quality of your submissions, let me know if you have any questions. <laughs> I don't understand this at all. I think he's trying to say uh, no English. Uh, K-N-O-W, no English. Yeah. Uh, and yet he does not. 
Well, it's a woman. So he is off to a very bad start. Yes, already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is from my history professor, who is terrible, clearly. And yeah. Na- now, now the, the question I want to ask is, is this irony? Is it irony for your history professor to have written a, a horrible, confusing, and convoluted paragraph asking you to use proper English? Uh, is that irony? I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it is irony, but I'm not sure. Well, just because of the way our show goes, I'm going to say it's not irony, because that'll certainly add to the fodder for the next month. All right. You say it's not irony. Yep. Why don't people like the, uh, the near-miss argument? You better close up the viewer mailbag. Just close it. Viewer mail, closing it up. Uh, we have a we have a segment of errors. We had errors in episode one twenty two. We Wait, had we're not even going to talk about it. Nope, we had a single error in episode. Why, I don't understand why we're not talking about it. Uh, I can't. Uh, on advice of counsel, I, I plead the something. <laughs> what uh, counsel? Uh, I have lots of counsel, and I'm on the council as well. Are you? Yep. All right. So uh, John Delphin wrote to us to say, uh, not to defend the puzzle, but a steak platter is an actual item of kitchenware. It's a big silver tray with indents on the bottom to catch drippings when you slice a steak. All right. So this we was... had trouble with this uh, last week. There was a puzzle steak platter. Uh, I didn't know what it was. And now you do. I guess. And now I do. So apparently a steak platter is a real thing. I think I argued that a steak dinner. Uh, was the more appropriate term for you go to Sizzler and that's what you order is the steak dinner. Uh, and John says that steak platter doesn't refer to the meal, but rather the dish uh, the steak is prepared on. I don't know if it's prepared on it. I think maybe it's it's served on it. Okay, the dish it's served on. Maybe. I, I meant I meant prepared like the, the, the time between the stove and the table. I see. Not, not between the refrigerator and the stove. I see. Uh, all right, uh, we should uh, go to Sizzler and find all this out. I know we got to find a Sizzler. We well, really... we found a Sizzler. We just have to go to it. Yeah, we, well, it's going to happen. It's all going to happen later this month. I'm going to be back in New York City for about a week and a half, and uh, that's when we'll go to Sizzler. All right, sounds good. All right, our next segment is office hours with as uh, our office hours with the Oracle. No, is is. Is is office hours with the Oracles. Yeah, the segment is, not the, the seg- segment are. The segments are. No, the segment is. Okay. What does Jeffrey Schwartz teach? We ask this question, and the Oracle comes back with the answer. Surprisingly enough, Jeffrey has just started teaching podcast nicknames 301, nicknames that take two people to say which regular listeners will remember is one of the prerequisites to Andrew Feist's course. Andrew Feist. 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 Course. <laughs> Podcast nicknames 302, repeating someone's name each time a bit louder and more forcefully. So yeah. do you have to go to two different institutions to uh, complete this degree? You might, although maybe you can take the courses online, in which case you could just stay at home. All right, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe so. Go get my professor. Yeah, oh, well, that sounds good. That sounds that's very right. good. Uh, we also asked, why did Tyler not invite you guys, us guys, to the Bay Area Crossword Tournament? And the Oracle says, well, in a way he did. The hidden contest in issue 26 of PNA Magazine was the password to send a Tyler to receive an invitation to the tournament. I, I'm, I'm still going to argue that he didn't invite us. Uh, just 
even if there was a hidden contest in the as yet unsolved issue 26 of PNA magazine, even if there was a hidden contest, all that is is a password that might unlock the opportunity to be invited. I still claim Tyler did not invite us. Is that really true, though? That there was a hidden contest? Uh-huh. No. It's not. In the fictional world of Filmian, yeah. In okay. real life, no. I see. Okay. Uh, yes, Tyler, you did not invite us. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, he, uh, the Oracle, we also asked the Oracle, is 120 the magic number? The Oracle says no, but it is a triangular number, a hexagonal number. Hexagonal? Hex- sure. Hexagonal? Hexagonal? I, I, think, I think it's hexagonal. Hexagonal? Yeah. A, it is a triangular number, a hexagonal number, a tetrahedral number, and a perfect number. Okay, well, that's nice. And this is also a nice uh, reminder, uh, Oracle, that you need to tell us what 123 is. What is, it, what is a perfect number again? Uh, uh, 120, apparently, is a perfect number. No, but what's the definition of a perfect number? Uh, it's a number who never misbehaves, uh, never causes any trouble anywhere, makes its bed, cleans up after eating a meal, what? Uh, washes behind its ears. What is the, no- the kind of number where the digits of the number... Add up to the number. Is that I, something? Give me an example. I can't. One? <laughs> yeah, one adds up to one. Or maybe it's 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 when you multiply it. Yeah, because if you multiply one times two, no, that doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, either. Why don't, why don't you work on how much you know about math? I ha- I just did. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, all right. Our next segment uh, is about celebrities and crossword puzzles. Uh, we've heard that Brian Wilson, Brian Wilson, who is uh, not uh, is the closer for the world champion San Francisco Giants of Anaheim, he wants to be in a crossword puzzle. And his name, the name Brian Wilson, we usually think of uh, the genius behind the Beach Boys, you know, the creator of all those wonderful harmonies, that Brian Wilson. But now we have a new Brian Wilson on the scene who wants to be in a New York Times crossword puzzle. He said this in an interview. He did, and he has a fake beard. He has an amazing beard. This beard is definitely fake. Let me tell you. I think the color is fake, but I think the hair is real. I think all of it is fake. Really? You think he glues on a beard? I think he does, because earlier this year, there was no beard. Yeah. And I've, I watched numerous Giants games this season, this uh-huh. past season, and he had no beard, no beard, no beard, no stubble, no five o'clock shadow, no beard, no beard, and then one day, beard, full beard. Wow. So it is fake. Well, he's a weirdo, that's for sure. He is definitely a weirdo. Uh, we have other celebrity news, and, and this is very, very recent news. I was, I was in Maine this past weekend, and uh, while I was, uh, I was in the restroom at, at one point in my house in Maine and reading a People magazine that was uh, dated, I think, September 2008, uh-huh. uh, and in this magazine, actor Zachary Quinto. Quinto? I think it's Quinto. I think there's five of them, so it's Quinto. So Zachary Quinto. Uh, yes. He was in Star Trek, and he's in the, the new... Uh, revival of Angels in America, uh, Zachary Quinto and Kristen Bell, who was in Heroes, uh, apparently do the New York Times crossword puzzle. They they were on Heroes together at some point. I never watched Heroes. I don't know anything Kristen about Kristen Bell that. was in Heroes? I don't think I so. so. Well, I don't think she was. No, I thought she was. No, maybe not. She was, uh, I thought they were working together on Heroes. Uh, 
I'm gonna. You keep talking. I'm gonna look that up. Okay. Well, he was on Heroes. Maybe they did something else together, the two of them. You know what? It was an old people magazine. It's unreliable information. But they did say Zachary uh, Quinto did say that he does the New York Times puzzle uh, and can get through the Thursday. And I think that uh, the celebrity world is due for a crossword showdown between Zachary Quinto and Christina Applegate. Nice. She was on Heroes. Yeah, she was. Okay. So they worked together on Heroes, and, and that's what they would do to pass the time between takes. But I really think that, that we need to have some celebrity crossword tournament going on. She played L. Bishop. L. Bishop? L. Bishop. L. Is that like a Spanish bishop? L. Uh, bishop? Well, it's E-L-L-E. So it's a female Spanish bishop. Yes. Okay. Bishopette. A <laughs> bishop L. A bishop L. Uh, yeah. A bishop L. What do you what do you what do you think about a celebrity crossword tournament? Uh, I think it's great. I think I think somehow this has to happen. I don't know how you get it together. Well, since we can't get Christina Applegate to return a phone call as far as being on this show, I'm sure we could get a tournament organized. Certainly. Yeah, that seems uh, easy. We, well, we we know. We don't really know any celebrities. Well, we don't know any celebrities, uh, but we have hosted tournaments, so we do have that. So we have half of the equation. Yep. Yes. All right. Uh, there is a new iPhone game. It is yes. from uh, Patrick Berry, Patrick Merrill, and Douglas Merrill. Who is? Yeah, who I've, is I've never heard of Douglas Merrill. I've, I'm going to guess he's related to Patrick Merrill. Uh, what does the word spell it mean? I think it's a funny way to spell spell it. Oh, that's the name of the game. Yeah, the game is called Spell It. And the company, the Patrick Patrick and Douglas run a company called Three Barrels. It's on the web at threebarrels.net. And the game, Spell It, S-P-E-L-L-E-T, is uh, available in the iTunes store. This is a game for iPhone, iPad, and it's only 99 cents. And I think it's spelled this way because the, the way the game is designed is you have a, a diagonal grid and you shoot a little pellet out of a, a gun of some sort in one of the corners, and this pellet bounces around the diagonal grid and knocks out certain letters that spell words. Uh -huh. And there's different obstacles that pop up on the grid, to, and you have to work around them, and different things that you can bounce the pellet off of to change the direction. And uh, it looks like it's a fun little game. That sounds fun. Yeah, you should check it out. 99 cents. Uh, and I, I'm going to say... I'm going to say with some confidence, I'm going to say with great confidence, that this, no offense at all to listeners out there, one listener in particular, this is going to be a more enjoyable iTunes app, iPhone app, than metric to metric. I disagree. Really? Yes. Because if you want to know the difference between Yato and Yakto, uh, this game will not help you. It will not help you. But uh, if you want to actually have fun and, and not deal with converting metric to metric... Uh, this game is far superior. You know, it's I think it's dependent on the person. Okay, you would rather play metric to metric. I would rather play spell it. Uh, Jeffrey Schwartz, how do you play metric to metric? <laughs> I think the last I heard was that metric to metric is no longer available. What? I thought I heard that. I thought I thought Jeffrey told us that that uh, I think uh, might, the license expired be. and it never got renewed or something it, like that. If it is still available, Jeffrey, please let us know. Do, do let us know. Or if you have any new iPhone apps in the works. Uh, but in the meantime, I think you should download Spell It for a mere 99 cents and support Patrick Berry, Patrick Merrill, and Douglas Merrill. I'm looking up metric to metric on the... Okay. I'm going to go on. Uh, our, our next segment is a brief segment. Uh, we got a little Halloween treat from Howard Barkin. 
knower of all things. Howard has created for us, has nothing to do with Halloween, but he created a, a little 8 by 8 mini crossword puzzle that I think is quite adorable, and uh, we'll put it up on the site for you to download and enjoy. 8 by 8 puzzle from the great Howard Barkin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, metric to Metric is no longer available. That's really unfortunate. Yes, but if you wanted to watch something that had the word metric in it, you also are out of luck. Oh, well, that's also unfortunate. Okay. A word from the commissioner. Yes. Uh, the commissioner, Peter Gordon. Yeah, he sent us, uh, well, it's a lot of words, actually. He's got a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of news. He says, uh, the center letter of Fireball 34 by Patrick Elblandito Blindauer is triple-checked. Yes, it is, in fact, triple-checked. In fact, there's, in the center of this grid is a little 9x9 nine nine box, 9x9, uh, nine nine, a 3x3, three three, I'm sorry, a 3x3 three three set of white blocks that are isolated from the rest of the grid, which is also kind of cool. But the centermost square is, in fact, triple-checked. Interesting. Yeah, he also there's... says, uh, Split is a city in Croatia on the Adriatic. Don't you recall the clue answer from Fireball, Fireball 26, Split End... Adriatic. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I do not recall that clue and answer. No, I don't recall uh, it either. I, I believe don't. it was there, but the truth is I have no memory for such things. I'm sure I didn't. Even if I got it through crosses, I'm sure I didn't know what it meant. No. And, I, you know, some people out there, a lot of you are able to do this. You, you do a puzzle and then you, maybe it's when you learn new information or you've read a fun clue, you just remember this for all time. I'm talking specifically maybe to Dan Fair and June Pock, but it, uh, real life people can't do that. Right. Where's what? June Pock? We haven't seen, we haven't heard from June Pock in a while. June June was part of the comment thread on the last podcast episode. Uh, we actually June and I had a little back and forth exchange about whether uh, the Dan Nador puzzle was in fact septuple or octuple checked. Really? Yeah. Do you read the comments on our blog? Sometimes. We really? have a blog? Yeah. Uh, BeMoreSmarter.com. It's where you can find out all you need to know about Fill Me In, the great American podcast. <laughs> uh, Peter Gordon also says, Fireball crosswords might, conti might, might. continue in 2011. Uh, he is raising the price from $16, raising the price to $16 for the year, and will provide 40 puzzles. Plans to employ more puzzle makers next year, but he'll make most of the themelesses himself. And he also wants to make it very clear that he, <laughs> that he pays the highest wage for a single 15 by 15 puzzle uh, on the open market, $201. That is That's $201. Right. So if you're yep. in interested in subscribing to uh, the 2011 version, please email him at xwords at optonline.net. It's O-P-T-O-N-L-I-N-E dot net, and tell him so. If he doesn't get 500 people saying they'll sign up, he won't do Fireball at all. Yes. Now, this is a bit of a change from this past year of Fireball. Uh, I think it's fair to know that this past year he charged, what, $10, I think, or $10.61 if you did it on PayPal, uh, and, and provided, I think, 50 puzzles for the year. So next year, the price is going up and the number of puzzles is going down. Uh, this is unfortunate, but apparently Peter has said that according to both his accountant and his wife, the way he was doing business was not going to work. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't blame him. He wants to put out a good product and needs to, uh, you know, make it work for him financially. And Fireball is good. I have already replied to him and said, yes, I will subscribe to Fireball again. I enjoy the Fireballs even when I can't do them. 
Yeah, they're good. They're good puzzles. Yeah, they are good puzzles, and I like that he's going to involve more people uh, constructing as well. So it won't be just it won't be just him. Now he's done that a couple of times this year, but apparently he's planning to maybe make about half of them will be other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you do have to email him. He really wants to collect your votes as to whether Fireball should continue. So yes. send him an email, xwords at optonline.net, and you can also read about Fireball at fireballcrosswords.com. Yes. Uh, also, I want to add, last week I made a reference to a word from a puzzle that should be part of Peter's nickname, and then I forgot to talk about the word, and the word was N-tuple. N-tuple. N-T-U-P-L-E. It's a math thing where N can be any number of things, depending on you know how many different... Uh, I don't know, facets something has. So I really think that uh, he should be Commissioner Peter Gordon N-tuple threat. And that way, at any given time, the number of threats can vary. The number of tuples can vary. Indeed. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, he so there is, you go. It is bestowed. Excellent. <laughs> the, contest I'm, I'm so of then, the contest of then was from Todd McKay. Yes. The contest was what unusual wordplay quality is shared by the names Rosalind Russell and Patty Lupone. The quality is perhaps made more interesting given the actress's association with a musical work called Gypsy. Scroll down for the answer. Yes. And the answer is that Rosalind Russell and Patty Lupone have no Ys in their in their names. Well, they have all more the other, than that. Well, they have all the other vowels. But they have they have each they have each of the other vowels exactly once. They have all the other vowels. That's what I said. Well, but it's not just having all of the other vowels. It's specifically that each of the other vowels appears only once. I don't know if that's necessary. Well, actually, I'm now reading the answer from Todd McKay. The names Rosalind Russell and Patty Lapone each contain exactly one instance of all five vowels. Interesting. And uh, he goes on to say that uh, wordsmith Eric Chaikin uses the term supervocalic to identify words and phrases with this quality. A word or phrase that contains exactly one instance of A, E, I, O, U, and Y, such as daily double or me and my big mouth, is described as urivocalic. Urivocalic? E-U-R-Y-V-O-C-A-L-I-C. And of course, these words supervocalic and urivocalic are also self-descriptive, as they contain the right number of each vowel. Interesting. It's very, very cool. And the interesting thing is that they're uh, associated with the word, uh, with, the, with, the, with the musical Gypsy, that yeah. Gypsy only has Ys. And no other vowels. No other vowels. It has yeah. two instances of Y. That's and right. And no A, E, I, O, or U. It is completely non-supervocalic. It is un-supervocalic. Yep. Uh, so, or, what? Go on. Well, I was going to say the winner of the contest is uh, Jeffrey Schwartz of yes. Metric to Metric. Jeffrey Schwartz of Metric to Metric uh, has won this week's contest. Uh, Jeffrey, you'll have to contact us and tell us where to send a prize, uh, and we'll get on that in a not-so-timely fashion, just and, like all the other prizes. And, Jeffrey, tell us how many prizes you want, but say it in the units of Yacto. Please. I would like that. Yes. Uh, the contest of now is a weird contest. Our contest of now is this. In honor of uh, Election Day, which, as we're recording the show, is right now. In fact, our friend June Pock posted on his Facebook earlier today how dismayed he was by the confusing language of one of the referendums on the Massachusetts ballot. Uh, and so in line with that, uh, we propose this challenge to all of you. 
Take any ballot referendum, real or imaginary, and rewrite it in the most convoluted and confusing way possible, while still retaining standard rules of English grammar, punctuation, and spelling. There you go. So it's it's not a it's a more of a creative contest this week. It is, yeah, creative contest this week, and there is no single answer, but uh, we will read all of your submissions and pick the one that we think is the most convoluted and confusing. Look on the horizon. It's a thunder god, and once again, he's voting for Odin. I would I, I would like to see Odin on the ballot. Odin's always on the ballot. He always wins. <laughs> I'd vote for Odin. Leader of the gods, Odin. That's right. Uh, Monday, October 25th, by Jonah Kagan. Jonah Kagan has Jonah created a Kagan. puzzle. Uh, it's all full of noises. It starts with a bang. That's 39 across. Starts with a bang, and each of the theme answers has a bang sound built into it. Boomerang, whammy bar, uh, powder keg, pow. I guess that's pow, powder keg. And uh, there's another one, bamboozle. Bamboozle. Bam, boozle. Wonderful. Yeah, that's you know, fine. It's good Monday. It's good a Monday. Monday. Good Monday. Sure. Give the buzzer. Is that a yes? I guess so. Tuesday, October 26th by Chris Handman. Chris Handman. Handman. Handman? Uh, this was all about the the rally to restore sanity from... Yes. Uh, Did you go? No. You did not go to the rally? No, I did not. Okay. Did you uh, go to did you go to the march to keep fear alive? No. Okay. I, went, I went to none of these things. They were both happening. They both happened next to each other in Washington DC. Oh, uh, well, I know they happened. I just didn't, yeah. I just didn't happen upon them. Wordplay star John Stewart hosted the rally to restore sanity. Yes. Yeah. In uh, the District of Columbia, yes. In fact, in the District of Columbia. Yes. This is an interesting puzzle. It's just odd. I mean, I, I don't think that this has uh, uh, a, a shelf life. It doesn't puzzle. really. It doesn't. And, and it is odd. It's just, I don't, I don't really understand. It's a themeless puzzle, essentially. I mean, yeah. I guess it's sort of themed, but there's no, there's no wordplay. There's no game going on. Uh, it's just, uh, it's a crossword puzzle. It feels like it's something that, the, the Comedy Central should have put out, not the yeah. New York Times. It feels like it should have been passed out at the rally. Yeah, I, I, so I'm not sure. And the fact that it appeared in the newspaper on Tuesday when the rally was on, what, Saturday? It, I don't know. It, it's it's weird. kind of arbitrary. Completely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, not what are you going to do? Eh. Wednesday, October 27th by Jay Caskell. And uh, this uh, also, uh, on the wrong day, it's sort of Halloween-related, and yet it came out on the 27th. It's about vampires. Yes. Uh, and uh, 35 across, result of an encounter with a vampire. Pain in the neck. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, comment on life by a vampire. Reality bites. I guess not any vampire, but rather Count Dracula, who appears there at 52 across. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, sure. there was also uh, Blood Bank. Oh, yeah, Blood Bank, yep. Uh, innocent? Innocent, yeah, that has nothing to do with vampires, really. I feel like there's one more. Reality Bites, Blood Bank, Pain in the Neck. Well, there was Batmobile. Oh, Batmobile. Yeah. Okay. And then sort of Legend, uh, apparently, is, is related to vampires somehow. Legend? Yeah. Like a vampire story is a legend. Oh. Okay. Also, a, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer appears in a clue and is described as a heroine. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. So so far we're kind of unimpressed by this week's in puzzle, week in puzzles. Uh, Thursday, October twenty eighth, by David J. Kahn. Speaking of unimpressed, wow, I didn't like this one. You didn't like this one. This one. Not was, at uh, all. This, this is was... this is like this is like the this is like the crappy younger brother of a quote puzzle. So it's a riddle. It's yeah. A, what is a ghost's favorite dessert? And the answer is blueberry pie and ice cream. Yeah. So uh, not only is it a, an allegedly a quote puzzle of some sort, but it's wrong. What what is a ghost's favorite dessert? And then there's two answers. Well, blueberry it's... pie and ice cream. That's two answers. It should be what is a ghost's favorite two desserts? No, that's that's one dessert. Pie and no, ice cream. Not. Pie no, and ice no. cream is one dessert. No, no, it's two desserts. It's no. sometimes they're served together, but that's two desserts. No, that's one dessert. I disagree. I... And I got really, really frustrated with that with that end of the blueberry pie and line. Wait a because minute. Because the idea that it was uh it was it was two things. If, I, I don't like if you go to a restaurant for yeah. lunch and yeah. you get a burger and fries, have you uh-huh. had two lunches? No, I've had a lunch and a side dish. No, you've had lunch. You've had lunch. Your lunch is burger and fries. Yeah. Your dessert can be pie and ice cream. Well, sure, but I mean, how many things? Where's the limit? Why isn't my dessert? Why isn't my dessert pie and ice cream and candy and cookies and chocolate and? I mean, how far can I go? That's not a dish. A Why dish. not? What if I put it all on one plate? Then is it a dish? Then if I a... serve you one plate, if I if I bring out a steak platter and on it is blueberry pie and ice cream and chocolate and uh, squirms and uh, candy corn and I don't know what else, uh, chewing gum and lifesavers and anything. How many items can I put on this thing before it's no longer dessert? I think it's, 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 uh, you can put an n-tuple amount of things. I can put an n-tuple amount of things on a, on a single plate and it's dessert? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What what if I put cheese on the plate? Is it still dessert? Sure. Really? Bet, what, yeah, if, but, what if I put steak on the plate? Is it still dessert? If it's dessert, if it's it, the, the question is not whether or not it's dessert; it's whether or not it's one thing. But the riddle is: what is a ghost's favorite dessert? Pie and ice that, cream. That, it that's implies a, a single thing. It implies that is a single, single thing. thing. That's a you can't single have a thing. favorite thing that's two things. It's not two things. It's one thing. Oh, I so disagree with you. I disagree with you. I have ice cream frequently without pie. Sure, it can also be two things. Pie can be eaten separately. Ice yeah. cream can be eaten separately, but it's pie two and ice separate cream, things. But pie and ice cream together is one thing. It's a, no. it's a dish. No, it's two separate things. It's not. You're wrong. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Friday, October 29th by Barry Boone. Uh I I couldn't solve this. I'm stupid this week. I couldn't do Friday, couldn't do Saturday, couldn't do Sunday. So this was the beginning of my all Google and I give up weekend. Uh, I was able to. I did not was not able to get uh, Saturdays, but I was able to get Sundays uh, or, or Fridays and oh, Sundays. This, this had some stuff in it that I just didn't know. I don't understand. Somebody explained to me three down. One's with the motto "One for the Road." Solo acts. I don't get it. Well, it's kind of a pun. How you? If you're if you're touring, if you're a solo act and you tour, you're just one person who's touring. Yeah. Yeah. I don't say it's great, but I understand it. I don't understand it. it it's I, I don't get it. 
It's a it's a it's wordplay. It's a pun. There's a question mark at the end. It's not yeah, I know literal. there's a question mark, so I really don't get it. It's not literal. That's all a question mark ever means for me is the difference between not getting a clue and really not getting a clue. Okay. I like that. I, I don't get it. So, on it. so the ones with the motto are solo acts. Acts have acts have a motto. In this in the world of this clue. And their motto is one for the road. Yes. All of these solo acts together have a single motto, one for the road. No, not together. I don't get it. It's no. ones with the motto. Right. It's a right. plural plural clue, plural answer. But they're separate. They're separated. By what? Uh, state lines, uh, moral values. So how, how, do they, how do they share this motto then? I mean, are they using Twitter or something? They can tweet. You can yeah. tweet a motto. Okay. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Is that a motto on Twitter? Is it Twitter? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> wow, I've I've just coined a new uh, I've coined a new meme. Look at me. Twitter. Look at you. Uh, yeah. So look, uh, uh, nude bomb is also on here. This I love. Yeah, I don't know what that is. What's a nude bomb? Nude bomb is a is a is a really bad movie. Uh, a really bad Maxwell Smart movie. Are there any good Maxwell Smart movies? Not so far. No, but this one this one was just odd because it had uh, what's his face in it, Don Adams, okay, and, and nobody else from the show. That's weird. It was very weird, All but right. it was about this 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 evil group of people who wanted to had a bomb that destroyed clothing. Okay, and that nothing, seems like a, a a decent idea. And nothing else. It just destroyed clothing. Yes. Well, it seems like a great idea. Yeah, I, I'm into it. I mean, you can take it to certain places where it's going to be very effective. Sure. Okay. Saturday, October 30th, by Barry C. Silk, friend and confidant of Doug Peterson, crossword gentleman and man about town. This was too difficult. I couldn't solve it. I could not do it. I got the, the top half. Yeah, I got the top half. And not the bottom half. Uh, nope. Rod Laver. Yeah, tennis player. Eponym, eponym, eponym of an I think Australian. Ep ep eponym is a character from Les Miserables. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Rod uh, Laver played. But that. the lions come at night. Yeah, I think Rod Laver played that role in the Australian Company. Uh, is it is it Rod Laver or is it Rod Laver? It might be Rod Laver. Uh, so yeah, I didn't get that. Yep. I certainly didn't get uh, Capricor Cape Coral, Capricoral. Uh, I didn't know that at all. I, I, I didn't I didn't like some of these two word things on here. Mean to, owes to, uh, ate at. I, 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 these don't throw me. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> and then we had a bunch of uh, single letter things that I didn't love. T cell, T strap, T B test. What what what's going on? What's That's going a, on? Well, T B strap is a double letter thing. No, T B test. It's a T strap. But did I say T B strap. <laughs> you did say T B strap. It's a shoe. Wait a minute. It's a shoe. <laughs> That tests you for tuberculosis. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I'm it's gonna, pretty clever. I'm going to twido this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. Eh, not, not solvable. <clears throat> Excuse me, not solvable. Unsolvable. And completely unsolvable. So, let's move on. Oh, is it my turn? Yes, Sunday, here. October 31st, by Rookie of the Year, Elizabeth C. Gorski. Yes. Uh, you have to talk about this because I didn't do it. Uh, this was a fun puzzle. There were circled letters, and when you connect the circled letters in alphabetical order, you get a picture of a bat. And that is part of the, the Halloween. This actually came out on Halloween. 
Oh my god, a Halloween themed puzzle on Halloween. Unbelievable. And there Stop were also the presses. uh vampire movies going down the center. I don't know why they only went down the center, but they did. No wait, they, they didn't. That's right. Dracula's in here going across the in vampire in Brooklyn, Love at First Bite. They're not going down at all. They're all going across, in fact. But they're they're on the center line. They cross through the center line. But they're centered in in the clue, in the puzzle. Yeah. Except for down at the bottom, you have well, deer, dark, and but, twilight. But, but the grid is not uh, rotationally symmetric. This grid is left to right symmetric, so that makes perfect sense. Whichever. Well, it, it is. The grid is. Look at the grid. It's okay, left to right but symmetric. Dracula is centered in the grid. Rorim uh, is not. Retai is not. Geek is not. Valhalla is not. I'm saying Nosferatu. Yeah, I know, but these Vamp- other things you're saying aren't the names of. I know, but I'm movies. saying that. that, that that these are all centered in the grid. Yeah, all of the vampire movies are, are centered in the grid. Why are you arguing with me? Why are you arguing with me? What you're saying doesn't make sense. All right. I you're think complaining it's... that these things are are I'm are not complaining at all. Centered. I'm not They complaining. should be centered. I'm not Where, where would you like them to be? I I'm fine with where they are. I'm just you saying Sure. You don't sound like you're fine with where they are. You sound upset. I'm not. Are you upset, upset. Ryan? Tell upset. me. Tell me about what, what's troubling you, Ryan. I'm fine. What's bothering you? Is I'm it because you, you haven't baked enough? I haven't baked enough. <laughs> you haven't been awake enough. Oh, I only got the B and the A. <laughs> <laughs> you don't bake.